Welcome back to another episode of the Dill Journey Podcast. And if you're here, you're trying to find out what your why is or you want to listen to people who are doing what they're passionate about every single day and they love their Mondays, they don't do the TGIF, they just love every single day because every day on this planet is a gift. So um, that's my little motivational spiel (laughs) for the start of the interview. But... Can we just give a big thank you to Danny for jumping on last week to hear his insights into what what it's like working alongside Jamie Oliver and all the other things he does for the community by giving back in certain organizations and his passion uh, for food. It's so amazing uh, interviewing a wide range of people and just hearing so many different passions. It's, it's almost beautiful to see that we're all just We've all got different, you know, passions and we've all got different uh, lives we want to live. That's why everyone's definition of success is, is different. So, yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, today's episode is with two local legends on the Gold Coast, Dane and Dan, and they're the owners of King Brown Pomenade. I uh, probably pronounced it wrong, but the boys know that it's a, it's a tough one. <laughs> anyway, so we chat about all things, how they started it, how they actually found the passion for men's grooming products because it's not a, not a usual thing. And um, yeah, it's a very interesting story how they got there and what their schooling years were like and um, what they did after that to uh, now start this business, uh, which I believe six years uh, they've been up and running. So... Without further ado, here it is. Welcome to the podcast, boys. Thanks for jumping on. Um, so I'll delve straight into it. And the way I like to break the ice is by asking you something that not a lot of people would know about you or something that you find a little bit weird and you don't know if everyone else does it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know. What's, 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 what do you do? You've got a lot of your know, secrets, you say a lot, but I don't know what that specifically. I probably get changed about seven times in the morning before I choose my outfit to go out and have a door. That's probably my worst. That's the best, best one I've heard. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you have three different outfits. Whereas me, I probably, I probably never worn the same socks. Like, I've never held on to a pair of socks for longer than when I first buy them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I wear odd socks all the time. It's probably something people didn't know because I'm covered. They're covered up. Yeah. Sometimes we're yeah, on dogs too. Yeah, lots of the other one I can't locate. Yeah, that's like me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so now the ice has been broken, let's take a step back and hear about um, what you both were doing. Like, let's say around year 11, year 12, what do you want to become? You can run with that, Jim, because I was with Year 11, year 12. Oh, okay. So, uh, Oh, so going way back. Yep. So um, I always wanted to manage bands. That was kind of my thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I did like a, a marketing degree, uh, but it was sort of half half drama, half marketing, so managing front of house of, of theatres and things. But I never really pursued that. Mm. Um, that's what I first wanted to do, but it, it's a pretty hard industry in Australia back then it was. So yeah. I'm talking... Died 20 years ago now, 25 years ago. So that's where I started, but I didn't end up there. Yeah. (laughs) So I ended up in the the fashion marketing um, area, which is the same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I actually find fashion and music very similar with trends and things. So definitely spot the trends and yeah. So kind of ended up in a marketing angle, but not 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 kind of the marketing that I thought I would be. Mm. Dave, <laughs> mate, I was great. Oh, geez, I did. Oh, it's pretty easy actually. I just wanted to be in work in the surf industry. To be honest with you, like yeah. I, my uncle, I did I did my work experience in grade ten with my uncle who was a, a designer, accessory designer for Quicksilver. Yeah. And uh, once I saw that, and and then met with all the reps and stuff. I, mate, I just and the surf industry was burning back then, which Dan and I later became involved in pretty heavily, and. Mm. Uh, like, it just looked it was so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> we loved surfing. They just wanted to surf, and it just seemed cool. You got cool clothes and hung out with cool people and had cool parties, and I was just, I just yeah. wanted to work in the surf industry, so that's kind of what I did. And then uh, Dan actually gave me my first proper job, which was at Brothers Nielsen at the yeah. Pines in Eleanor. Back when I was, I was 13 or 14, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, so... And Dan was managing the pines back then, Brothers Nielsen, and so we, we've been, <laughs> we've kind of both from there on bled into the surf industry pretty heavily. So that yeah. was kind of that was our, our 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 start as far as really. So. Yeah, awesome. So you've always been that surfing. Industry. Yeah, yeah. Always wanted to sort of have a job that allowed us to surf and be within the industry as yeah. well. Yeah, I actually awesome. forget actually in grade eleven as well. I was actually looking at. I can remember saying this to my father. I knew how much the doll was and that, and that I could survive on it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <racist>. <laughs> that was bad, but he made. I got a good OP score, so I get. I got sent to uni, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Eventually, I was a lot more motivated than that, but that's when I, I just really wanted to surf at that age. I left school when I was finished year twelve, when I was sixteen. But oh, you um, finished school when you were sixteen? Yeah, yeah. I just came up from uh, Victoria, and they they couldn't slot me in the grade seven. So they slotted me at grade eight, and I was always pretty young for grade seven. So yeah. I was extra young. So I grew. Yeah, I left school. I think, yeah, I left school when I was sixteen. Yeah, wow. finished school. Finished school. Yeah, yeah. finished school at sixteen. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So let's um let's go to the playground. What type of groups were you hanging around? Were you with the jocks? Who were you with? Oh, I was the surfers. I I I hung out. I went to initially went to a private school up here in high school, and yeah. uh, so was yeah. that. I think I saw on the LinkedIn Somerset. Somerset College, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hang out with all the vagabonds there. It was, uh, we, yeah. we were sort of, I was a good student, but it was, uh, yeah, we definitely were the, kind of the, the riffraff, I suppose. And then I actually left there and it just kind of sounds bad now looking back on it. I understand why my mum cried at the time, but I left there and went to Eleanor in grade 12. Yeah. And because I just, I just wanted to like dance it, I just wanted to surf, and I kind of. Mm. I, I was probably a little bit cocky and just thought my, my path was pretty planned out that I, yeah. I would always be working in the surf industry and I've had a long career in it but we're obviously in on the our eyes are open to a lot of different things these days and the markets and the world's changed the industry's changed so yeah so yeah I, I just hang out with all the surfers to be honest with you. yeah <laughs> so that's it what do you do man? yeah also I had a bit of a mix because I, I I surfed and I played footy um, so I met my mates from footy and mates from surfing and I also was into my um, like uh, drama and, 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 and music and things like that. So I had a lot of mates from uni who didn't really even surf. Yeah, right. So like go see bands and and, yeah. and, and theater and arts and stuff. So I had a real mixture. So during the week around that, so I was I was hanging out with uh, with arty types. Yeah. <laughs> well, not arty types. I just had more interest in things outside of surfing and yeah, footy, and then. Um, 
on the weekends I'd hang out with my surf mates and yeah, party hard. Party hard. So yeah, after moving on to school, did you attend university, or what did you do? Yeah, well, I did. I did. I did um, a bachelor of arts, mark, uh, mark, drama, major in marketing, which is a pretty wanky degree to be honest. But half of it was like voice and movement, and, and, and you know, wearing black tights and. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and then Harper was, was oh, solid no. business subjects. Um, so that was at Kelvin Grove. I did that for about a year and a half and I missed the surf too much. So I moved back, got a job at Brothers Nelson when I was about nearly turned 18. And then, and then I went back and, and tried to finish the marketing degree part time when I was working with my father doing on the road selling fishing gear at that stage, I think it was. Um, but I, I found I was just learning way more. Um, on with my father and, 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 and working business and I, I, I was at doing a marketing degree to get taught by guys I used to go to school with you know they hadn't yeah. even been in the industry they were like my tutors I'm like well I can't learn from these guys mm. you know so I still I still agree in higher education yeah uh, if you specifically know what you want to want to do but um, a mixture of both definitely yeah I can I can still I actually know I can't now I thought I could go back and do I think I probably had to do another year or when I had a marketing degree, mm. but no, I didn't yeah. finish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that just boggles my mind how, like, um, university lectures can be business teachers mm. or even study, like, entrepreneurship, but they haven't even run their own business yeah, themselves. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, it's, like, got that practical side back. When you come out of university, you got a piece of paper and you expect it to get you a job straight away. And I've spoken mm. to a few people and they said, like, you know, they had that piece of paper that thought that was going to get them that dream job, but mm. they realised, like, you know, experience is probably worth a bit more. Oh, for sure. Like, back then, the whole gap year didn't exist when, you know, you just get, you just go to school and go to uni, but I think the whole gap year, I think, is important for kids and that to go out and do a year and find yourself and work out what you really want to do. Yeah. Um, but also a mixture of both. Like, if you can do it part-time or do it later in life, like, I've got mates who... You know, pretty much surfed out to till their, their mid thirties and then started to agree. Yeah. Know? So, you, and and they're and they're happy and they and they they achieved high results. Whereas if they went straight out of school, they probably wouldn't have achieved yeah. high results and dropped out. Definitely. You know? so it's think, all timing. Yeah. yeah. And society's pressures on like eighteen year olds to twenty one year olds. They expect them to get that university degree straight out. And yeah. Obviously, all the parent pressures, like obviously going to private schools. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd want. Um, and my parents, in a sense, they see success as going to university. So it's mm. just like, you know, it's a tough line. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, it's up to the individual. You can't put anyone or everyone in the same mold in the same box, you know. Uh-huh. It's, everyone's yeah. got their, their loves and their hates and their desires. And, yeah. and the world's a small place. We're, we're, we're open to so many things mm. now. We get exposed to through social media that suddenly it's obviously it's, it's, it's summer in Europe right now. And it seems like everyone's over in... In Europe, having a good time, and yeah. so the, the desire to travel and stuff is thrust in your face a lot more as yeah, well. Fine. So you kind of, I don't know. And, and it's a long, it's a long, it's a, it's a long life. It's not you know, a lot of people think, oh, if I didn't uni when I got straight out of school, my life's over. But yeah, you can come back and do it later if you're through as a mature age student, or you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of my mates resat their tests. As I said, as I said, the latest guy was in, I think he was thirty six, but a couple of my mates went back in their late twenties and did it. You know. So they, and, and they got teachers' degrees and yeah. marketing degrees and things like that. So yeah. 
it's all about timing and when, when you're ready. I think with with guys especially, guys need to get it out of their system because they're you know that they have I guess they're eighteen to twenty one. I'd say go explore first. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. 100%. What about you? I went, well, I said Dan gave me my first job at Brothers Nielsen, and then I, yeah. my, to be honest, my, my aspirations was, were just to be, I wanted to work in Brothers Nielsen, and then I wanted to be a sales rep, and then I wanted to be a state manager, and then be a national manager, and that was kind of, and it was, I always liked the more alternative sort of brand, so I ended up working at Brothers Nielsen, and I got poached from Brothers Nielsen by a guy that had an agency for rusty surfboards and rusty clothing up here. And, and yeah. I, so that was when I was 19. So I was pretty excited. I got to go yeah. off and be a sort of a state manager for, for rusty. And I did that for sort of seven or eight years. And then I I, uh, I left and went traveling. I actually moved to, to the same thing with Dan said, that the desire, I hadn't, because I hadn't traveled, but the desire to travel kicked in. So I moved to Japan for, uh, for which was supposed to be two years. And uh, I lived uh, 60k inland of the Fukushima nuclear power plant for. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was that was pre the disaster. But we, I lived inland with my my girlfriend now wife, and uh, we worked in a ski resort for six months. And then I got a, a job offer in Sydney managing DC Shoes in New South Wales. So it was yeah. it was a good opportunity to move to a new state, a bigger territory, a bigger position, good pay. So we kind of cut the, the the trip short and went down yeah. there and yeah. did that for a couple of years. Didn't really like the brand as much as you do, and then yeah. um, I got a job offer to manage, um, be national manager for Insight Clothing down there. So I, I did okay. that for four or five years, and then I had kids, and then yeah. transferred back up here. And then I said, my, so no, no tertiary education, but I, my, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I never craved it. I, yeah. I mean, in, in hindsight now, there's definitely things I wish I could have had a bit more structure behind me in in knowing, but. Everything I learned was on the job and, and through my peers and yeah. and other things and, and I've always been pretty quick on my feet with, with thinking and, and learning. So it's I don't know, I didn't str- I don't feel I struggle with it. I, I mean I'm sure it could have helped, but yeah, I just wanted to go hit the ground running and and make a career and and have fun. Like Ben said, it was it was fun working with all these companies back and it's still good times back then. Yeah flying around the world and going to have parties and getting yeah. products and conferences in the snow and in America and all these things. It was That's pretty awesome. It was pretty yeah. cool. So yeah. So yeah, obviously yeah. a lot of experience. <clears throat> a lot of a lot of worldly experience, which yeah. is I suppose it's it's an offset, you know. So yeah. I mean I don't regret it. No. That's for sure. So hundred percent. Um so now the next segment is all things business. So I understand that you both had, you know, a lot of experience, like you said, in the sales slash style industries. Um, what led you starting to uh, the King Brown Pomade brand? So did I pronounce that right? Pomade, pomade. pomade. <laughs> we had to say pomade when we were in the States because they didn't understand our accent. But I'll, uh, back with the with the Insight thing, I, we did a, a um, uh, we, we, Insight as a brand was really known for its eclectic artists, and we ended up doing a collaboration with another another major pomade company or pomade company from Australia, and 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 that led to me becoming. Uh, I suppose a, a what do you call it, an advisor for them a little bit, where I mm-hmm. I helped them with their re, the roll out their retail program, whereas they before they were in, in barber shops, and we we I helped facilitate rolling that out to all the retail sector, which was all the um, the universals, the general pants, the surf diving ski. So that was something I did with those and, and worked with those as, as an agent for about oh, four or five years, and then that business got bought out. And I called Dan and 
And okay, well, this is about to happen. The writing's on the wall. My contracts are up. <laughs> These guys. This is. We're we talking six years ago now, Dan. Yeah, yeah, so, probably six years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, and Dan, because because like I said, Dan and I mentioned, or Dan and I have known each other since we've been sort of pretty young, like 13, 14 type thing, mm-hmm. and. And and we were chatting, and Dan had had a, a history of, of, of importing products with his dad with some other stuff back in the the, the, the original Razor Scooter phase days. A long yeah, time yeah. Ago. So we we did we've done some in, we have done some importing, and Dan's like, oh, we're gonna I've I've lost I'm not not doing the distribution for this this product anymore, and I really um I really want to bring this other one out of the out of the US, and. I said, oh yeah, I can help you do it. And then I got off the phone. I spoke to my wife. My wife's been a hairdresser for 20 years and, and, and I talked to her about, you know, the hair product. And I said, you know, there's definitely a gap in the market for a men's, a men's hair product. And Dane sort of brings one of those heads. And then I went, no, nah, let's do it. Let's do it ourselves. Let's do it ourselves. Let's do it. Because I've always, for me personally, uh, I've always wanted to do something. I've always marketed other people's products. Mm. I was wanting to do something that was my own. Yeah, and I didn't know what the right product was, and, and I, I didn't know. I've been good at spotting trends, and I and and I thought uh, this, and it was something I need to be interested in it as well. Mm. And, and the good thing is that you know I've been involved, with, you know, in, in the in the um, hairdressing circles with my wife, and also been going to barber shops for years. So it really interests me that culture, and um, I could see it sort of. Resonating with the with the youth once again, and I thought, yeah, let's let's get them to start our own brand. So, um, yeah, that's and it all happened. That was it. Yeah. We had a conversation, <laughs> and Dan sort of goes, "Hey, mate, you did you really sell that much of it?" I kind of was like, "Oh, about this much." He's like, "Oh shit!" A <laughs> 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 little light bulb goes. Yeah, on. well, that, yeah. to be honest, if you go back, I mean, it's a big trend at the moment. It's a big marketplace, and obviously, it's a bit of a buzz thing. The whole barber shops now. Yeah. But, I mean, if you talk six years ago, it wasn't as big as that, and there wasn't no. as many. Products in the, in the market, there wasn't as many barber shops. I was still on the on the growth curve, so we mm. kind of we got in at a really good time. But it was yeah. um yeah, we, we, insane. And it wasn't easy. It was still a year's worth of development mm. and again the branding, the product, and everything right. But yeah, it was that was it. Look, I mean, we, that, that, there was wasn't many competitors in the marketplace, and we knew that we could, the ideas we had bouncing back and forth. We had what we thought was a unique thing, which was going to be a good. Brand not only domestically but globally, so that's that was the, the vision's always been long term. It's never been a short term. Yeah, vision. yeah. We we re, we really when we started the brand, we we looked at brands that have been around forever. And yeah. You know, how how they're around forever and how they're still relevant, um, and they managed to stay timeless just by having every 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 part of their business it was very classic. You know, mm. um, classic and timeless and and. That's we did a lot of research in that you know we uh, Dane had all this research and all these old tins and you know there was just multiple and also multiple advert advertisements that stood the test of time and slogans and and um, yeah so it was a really interesting process and sort of you I use some I use some of my skills that I learned over the years and, and Dane did as well so together we we came up with I felt with something really unique that. Um, we could we could um, roll out in Australia and, and now globally. So yeah, yeah. so awesome because I, I know you can see like obviously six years ago there wasn't that much on the market. Like mm. you'd only be the big brands and it was yeah. all sort of female dominated. Yeah, yeah. there's sort of been a change like where there's a lot of you know if the girls can do their thing the boys can do their thing yeah. sort of thing. You know like yeah. there's a lot of like just <clears throat> men men barbers. Yeah. You know but then like. 
you know, women don't say that it's only women that only barbers. I yeah. mean, shops, but you look in there and it's just, you yeah, know, you wouldn't go in there. You're not going to go in there. there. <laughs> you there and talk to the boys about the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I see but, there's a few shops now like they have beers while they're in there, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, a, it's a cultural thing. I mean, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a cultural thing, don't you? Wrong. I'll just shut the door because I think it's a little bit outside noise. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Don't worry, we can edit this out. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's like I said, it's a it's a cultural thing now. I mean, it's socially acceptable, and, and it's not only is it socially acceptable to go to the barber shop and uh, to obviously have that that man time away from your wife and your kids mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me. Um. But it's it's culturally acceptable to ask people. I mean, it's, it's we were somewhere the other we were in Bondi the other day and had Barry Dubois from the, the Living Room show, the guy that does all the, the renovation stuff, and then came up just out of the blue. We're sitting and he's like, "I like your hair." Like, I mean, you said that to a bloke five years ago. You probably get punched in the nose. <laughs> so, and then you were somewhere else, somewhere the other day, and someone's like, "I like you." So the aftershave, what's that? I mean, it's guys ask the questions now. Whereas yeah. not everyone, don't get me wrong, it's not a, yeah. it's not a mass movement where everyone's giving to each other compliments. But it's just, it's it, there's a whole, it's a different culture, right? I mean, it's definitely so. It's, whereas yeah. when I went to high school, if you had, we put stuff in our hair, but it's when someone asks you, like, you deny. No, <laughs> I still remember when I was in school, like, people would be like, oh, you got something in your hair? No, yeah. oh, you talk well, about it and you go bright red. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah, no. Whereas now, now, now it's acceptable to talk about it, and guys yeah, are actually yeah. proud of the products they yeah. use, you know, like. That's yeah, something we want to generate something or develop yeah. a product. The aesthetic was cool. I mean, if the guys could have some on his shelf and we want yeah. the product, A, the products would be really good, but then the packaging could be cool too. Yeah. Because yeah. it's got to look better than Garnier fructose hanging on you. <laughs> <laughs> some, yeah. some crap There's no disrespect to Garnier fructose. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, obviously, people buy into brands, you know, yeah. like see Coca-Cola, all those mm. major players. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why men's grooming products like and did you have a vision of it being in 35 countries because that is that yeah well, no not really we well, well we did really we wanted it to we, we wanted yeah. to be but <laughs> yeah, you didn't, didn't think didn't, yeah. <laughs> but um uh, when we oh, actually um men's grooming products because we i sort of saw that was kind of the gap yeah. That was the gap that I saw, and it's something we kind of knew about anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with Dana's experience, four or five years' experience, my wife's experience in, in the hairdressing industry, we kind of knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, so that's why we went for, for men's grooming products first, um, and and we just saw that that was a market that was that had, that was 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 growing. Like there was there was definitely the there was the old barber that had been there for, for cutting hair for fifty years. It still existed. Yeah, you know, but then there was this whole new, new, um, younger um, former barber that you know that was in his twenties, you know, and 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 wanted to learn new techniques, and and people were going to these guys, you know, yeah. rather than go to a hairdresser. So yeah. we saw we saw a real. That's why we we thought yeah. ma- male grooming brought yeah. that, that. So there's, they're going to want their brands if they're going in there and they're paying a premium price for a haircut. Um, they're going to want premium products. Yeah, you know, the, the beauty of the barbering thing too is, as we as said before, with us starting the brand five, six years ago, there, it was on the start of the curve. Mm. And this is a site, you got to look at everything. It's like, as Dan mentioned earlier on, the relevance of <coughs> fashion to whether it be hair to whatever it is. I mean, it's it's highly influential 
for us and, and, and how we look at trends and what we, mm-hmm. can we forecast, why we develop certain products, what's, and when we develop products, what's, what's next, what's been the most, obviously, seasonally, culturally, and relevant to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at bartering as a general rule, we're still on the top of it, we're still on the curve going up, right? Mm-hmm. And, this yeah. is a, and, and the beauty about this thing is you now got, we've been doing it for five years, there's, there's kids now who are eight, nine, ten, who've only ever gone to barbershops, right? Mm. And then, and then if, if the option's there, they're probably never going to go anywhere else other than barbershops, because that's, mm. as, a bar, as guys, I should say, mm. that's what they're used to, and that's what they do with their dad. <clears throat> so they're great culture. When I grew up, barbershops were obviously, especially from, I'm 41 this year, and got, and we're coming out of the back of the, <clears throat> excuse me, coming out of the back of the 70s, where they're, and the 60s where barbershops got decimated by the hippie culture and all that sort of Long stuff. Hair, yeah. They got, that, that killed the barbering culture. So I mean, I grew up going to hair salons with mum and there yeah. might be the good chick who cut cooler hairstyles in there that was like, yeah. that's the one you want to get cut by. And like, it was, so it's a, it's a different culture altogether now. But, and these kids are growing up with brands. So if we can be a brand that is a brand for everyone and, and, and all, all inclusive and as opposed to it, we want to be premium, but not exclusive. Like we want everyone. If you're in a brand, we want everyone to feel like they can be a part of it. You know what I mean? So yeah. now these kids are growing up with it. Hopefully, they're going to. We're going to evolve with them. They're going to evolve with us. And suddenly, they're going to be in their thirties, and they're going to have kids, and they're still got. They're still yeah. going to have that cultural sort of link to our brand, and that's kind of the, the long term vision. Yeah, so, wow. yeah, that's going to be a big cycle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't want to get. I don't want to stop. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, so you obviously work together a lot. Yeah. How do you manage to stay so sound with each other and not like rip each other's heads off? And you know, um, well, I think we're very, we're very different. Yeah. Um, like Dane's weaknesses are my strengths, and 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 my my weaknesses are his strengths. So it just just works. Mm-hmm. Um, like Dane's Dane's really good at the marketing <laughs> side of things. Um, well, we both sort of contribute to mm-hmm. that, but I'm probably uh, better at the making sure we got money in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll, I'll be doing stuff and Dan will have to hide it from Dan because he goes, what are you spending money on, my nothing? Dan's very meticulous with stuff and he's a bit of a perfectionist where I kind of uh, and, and not as <laughs> nowhere near. Yeah. <laughs> the word. Yeah, so it works. It works. That, that, and sometimes those differences definitely we do we do um, rub, rub each other the wrong way. But nothing major, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the reality yeah. is we've had this business six years. We, yeah. we travel together. We work together. We mm-hmm. and we and like it's more than often than not. Even if we we get we probably get more stale sitting around the office doing stuff than anything else. And then we. If we could have a party, and it's not even that bad, and then yeah. go on the road, and we're giggling and having fun, and so yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's one of the reasons. This is part and parcel of having a business, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I, we always say to each other, I mean, God's sake, I wouldn't want to work with me all the time. I'm driving me mad, you know what I mean? So, yeah. if it's, so you can't, it's someone else's opinion or someone else's feedback or something, is you've got to take it on board. You don't have to agree with it all the time, but you've got to definitely. take it on board. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. So. yeah. Partnerships give them give and take. That's yeah. what yeah. it is. You know, certain things that I think, oh, that's never going to work and it, and it does well. I'm like, I'm corrected. And then other times, well, yeah. same thing. And sometimes we, we make mistakes. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. It happens. You know, you know it happens, you know. Yeah. Like you got you got to understand you're in a partnership and we're not all perfect and, you know, yeah. your, your way is not 100% right, neither is theirs. And you just, yeah, you just, kind of battle it out and mm. yeah you know we haven't 
building each other up yet. Yeah, no, like I said, we do, we travel a lot together, so it's like it's yeah. We've never had any dramas other than Dan booking the wrong hotels. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> love hotels. You didn't get the hit, did you? So obviously, looking at your social media, you're very passionate about um, what you're doing with this uh, company. Mm. Um, so where did this passion come from? We're crazy passionate about it, but yeah. I think it's um like Dan said earlier, we, we um this is this is our baby. Like we we, mm. we have businesses where, where Dan and I have and still sell other people's products and brands we believe in and we we've, we've been involved with for a long long time. And but <clears throat> this is our thing. This is we built it from the ground up. This is yeah. concept on from concept to drawing on napkins to having beers and having crazy wild ideas and and yeah. drawing out logos and then. Working on names and all these sorts of things, and it's, and, and you get to the point. We we have your own product too. You've got to have this word we probably overuse. We have to use it. It's called conviction, where we go okay because it doesn't matter what we create, whether you create a t-shirt, whether you create a hair product, you're taking something to market. There's always going to be X percentage of people who like it, X percentage of people who hate it, and people who just couldn't give a crap, but they're probably going to cause a bit of drama and tell you just bad mouth or something. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. But so you've got that conviction. You go, yeah, you know, I understand that there's that percentage of each of those things. But this is what it is. This is why it's this way, and this is this is the way it is. Sorry, this is why it is this this way, and this is what it's meant to be. And like, it's not meant to be like that from someone else, and like that from someone else. This is what this is. So if you do, you've got to have passion to do that. You've got to have passion to have, to have that conviction. So mm. it's a it's a bit of a only one in the sense of we go out and say we sit in front of some people, some people, one person will go, oh, like I said, I absolutely love that particular product. And you're like, yeah, man, it's unreal. And the next person will go, I hate it. And you're like, yeah. okay, why, why do you hate it? So you can't yeah. take offense to it, but you've just got to, um, you've got to, yeah, you've got to have a It's a very problem. subjective industry and it's, um, you know, not every product's going to be right for everyone and we don't, we never tote that. We've just got a good, a good uh, variety of products, so hopefully you'll find something that you like, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And we never get offended no. by anyone's opinion of the products like that. That's fine, you know. Yeah. Mm. You know as long as you find something. We go out there, because Dan and I handle everything. We, we've obviously got staff that work for us in the warehouse and 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 do a lot of the back end for us, which is an integral part of, our, of the business. But <clears throat> Dan and I are on the road. We do, this, we do the product development, we do the marketing, we do the sales. Uh, we do all that stuff. So when we go out, we do the education. So it's, and we go out and we tell the story. And the reality of the story is, is that we built this thing from the ground up. Like I mean, mm. I went on the goal for a year while we did it. Like there's all yeah, these yeah. sorts of things that happen. That, that so I mean, it's we're committed and there's passion from day one. So mm. and the fact that we sit in now we travel the world, but we when you you be walking down the streets of some town in the middle of Europe or the states, and there's a barbershop there, and then you see a King Round logo, and they'll or deal stick yeah. on the window, and you yeah. sort of, and your, your brain's exploding, going, "Whoa, that's yeah. so cool!" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, so but we had a passion, and, and they're excited about it too. And yeah. they're reposting on their Instagram, going, "You know, and you're somewhere weird like Nova Scotia or somewhere." You're yeah. like, oh, wow, okay, <laughs> you're into this. Like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's radical. Like, and, yeah, yeah. So, and, and if you, if we're not passionate, then 
we can't expect anyone else to be. You know what I mean? Mm, like, nah. there's, yeah, you can't, yeah, no, you have to be. Yeah, 100%. Hey guys, how good was that? Um, absolutely awesome interview with Dane and Dan. So many laughs and so much uh, good insight to, as to how they actually started their brand and uh, the steps they took to get there. So it was awesome to have uh, you boys on and I'm um, sure their business is going to be something that we hear about uh, for generations because like they said, they're building up that legacy of that um, men's grooming products and pass it down from son to son. So yeah, exciting times for their business and um, yeah, all the best to them. Now, if you did like this podcast, um, please take a screenshot of it and chuck it on your Instagram story and tag Dylan Nicholson Journey and then also tag the boys account, uh, King Brown Pomenade. And um, that'd be greatly appreciated. Well, I'll catch you guys. And uh, remember, if you are thinking of starting something, don't put it off any further. Start it today. Start it right now. Stop this podcast and write down that idea. You have a good one.